Have you ever done an internal wrestling where you just, you just, something's going on inside of you and you have that internal wrestling going on? For the past few weeks, this, this internal wrestling that, that I've been dealing with has taken me to a place where I'm wrestling with this desire because I want more of him. The thing that keeps coming back is that if I want to experience more of him, I have to surrender more. That's where the wrestling comes in. Because I have to surrender. And the wrestling in our spirits is, well, we kind of like some of the things we like. And we like who we are. And we like to do these. And God is keeps saying, no, I need more of you. I need more of you. If you want more of me, then you've got to give more of yourself. We can't exist in the same place. It's either me or you. And he wants us to give more of ourselves. I have to make him Lord of all. I have to stop looking for my gain and be willing to sacrifice. If you remember last week, God spoke to us through a word, a prophecy that said, do you even know what it is like to give your all? Those were the words he spoke to us. Do you even understand what it means to give your all? I do know this. I can't be okay with being a part-time Christian. That's why I ask these questions every week. What have you done this week to surrender more? What are you doing in your life to say, God, I'm surrendering more. What have you done this week to become more part of this army that God is creating for this generation? More part of the kingdom of God to be more part of the family of God? Are you ready? Are you ready to be at war? Are you ready to do what God's calling us to be? Totally surrendered to the commander in chief. Because that means you're going to be ready to fight with everything you've got for the souls of your family, for the souls of your community. Are you ready to see the power of God set the captive free? Are you ready to see God deliver the possessed? Are you ready for God to heal the sick? Are you ready to see God overcome the wicked one? I know I'm ready for more. More of God, less of me. More of God, less of you. More of God, less of Calvary. I just want Jesus. I want people walk through these doors and they would see Jesus. I don't want them to see me. I don't want them to see you. I don't want them to see a church. I want them to see Jesus and the power and his love and his might. That's what I want him to see. You see, we're in a war. And we have to start fighting like warriors and surrendering to our commander-in-chief and being willing to go and do whatever he asks of us. I listen to our missionaries who come. Watch some of their journeys. If you don't have some of our... If you're not in part of some of their missionary things on Facebook, some of our missionaries have private groups, and if you ask to be invited, they will let you. 
And you can watch some of the struggles of some of our missionaries in this journey that they have chosen to take because God has called them. This is surrendering is not easy. They've said yes to God to go to places and to do things that they never dreamed that they would go and do. They have chosen to walk away from family. Our missionaries last week, Tim and Carla, one of the things that they have gone through in the last couple of years is empty nest. Their kids have all moved to the United States and they stay in India. They say that's one of the most hard things they've gone through in missionary work, letting their kids go and going to, back to America. Hear me, when they say yes to Jesus Christ, it's not a glamorous life. It's saying yes to leaving family and friends and doing what God has called them to do. Because what they have understood is that it's all about surrender to what he's called them to do and where they've called them to go. And God is calling us to do the same, to surrender all. Wherever he leads, wherever he wants us to go, we have got to be following our commander-in-chief. He wants more of us. Have you ever had that child that knew just how to push the right buttons? They refuse to do what they were asked. That child that keeps asking for something when you've said no a hundred times. That child that says things in front of others that are so inappropriate and embarrassing. You know, those things they're not supposed to tell anybody outside the four walls of your house. That child who keeps on talking, no matter how many times you told them, please be still. There comes a time when that child has pushed your buttons that you have to make a choice. Will you take a stand as the parent, or if it's a teacher or an adult in the situation, whatever the situation, you have to choose to take a stand against that child and say, no more. Or you let them do this stupid behaviors. We have to make a choice. There comes a point as a parent, at least in my life, you know, you can tolerate it for a while. And after a while, there just comes a point where you take a stand and say, that's enough. No more. Quit asking. Quit doing that. Quit talking. Whatever it is, stop. You have to take a stand. And as a parent... You have to choose then and take a stand and then decide what you're going to do next. What's the discipline going to be? Well, I'm going to take away your whatever. You know, and you, well, you really aren't going to do that. Then don't say it. Because you have to take a stand and be ready to stand up and say, no more. This is the consequences and now it's, it, it's over. And you have that, that child that just keeps pushing, keeps pushing. And you as a parent have to make a decision. Now, it's hard to take a stand as a parent, because sometimes, you know, the result of that is it's more work for you, and sometimes it means that that child is going to scream and be in pain because they don't want to do what you've told them and you've taken a stand, and it gets worse before it gets better. But hear me, you as a parent know it's better to take the stand because it's better for your child in the long run, that that behavior that they're demonstrating is no longer acceptable. That's not something we do in society, in this family, in this home, because we're going to take a stand and it's not going to happen. 
And yes, you may scream and you may throw tantrums and you may have whatever it is, but it's not going to happen in this house. And you take a stand. There comes a time in our lives that we have to take a stand. There are events in our lives that happen when you have to take a stand. Ever been asked to do something illegal at work? I have. Do something unethical? Ungodly? And you have to take a stand. When somebody continually, perpetually, perpetuates a lie that this world is and won't leave it alone, you have to choose. Will you take a stand or will you let it go? We have to make a decision. When at that point do we say enough is enough and we're going to take a stand? When's enough enough? I'm done with Satan. I don't know about you, but he's had enough fun at our expense. I'm done with him. It's time to say no more. It's time to take a stand. Oh, but it's so much easier to go with the flow. You know what really happens when we go with the flow? People begin to think we agree with them. It's not that they don't not that they're, they're perpetuating their lies. They're trying to push your buttons. And if you don't take a stand, what you do is you tell them you agree with them. We don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. We don't want anybody to get upset with us. Well, I don't like my kids getting upset either. But there comes a point when as a parent, I had to take a stand. There comes a point as a believer in following Jesus Christ that we have got to take a stand. I'm tired of the news and the workplace and the people around me telling me what I can and cannot do in following Jesus Christ in this free country. It's time to take a stand. I don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to be mean either, but I don't have to be ashamed of what I believe and what the Word of God stands for. It's time to take a stand. Two weeks ago, we talked about standing, and we're going to get to that in a moment in our scriptures. And We talked about being ready. Most of what we talked about was biblical literacy. We don't even know what we believe because we don't know the Word of God. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to that message Today we want to continue this message as we talk about taking a stand. Would you stand with me as we read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. It's on your screen. You can read it together. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. What, did I miss something? Or did you read? Oh, it's Kayla put a different version up there. <laughs> Verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having all, done all 
to stand. Father, teach us to stand in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is calling us, the Calvary Assembly of God, to become an army that is standing at attention and ready to take on the enemy. And when the battle comes, we must stand and stand firm in Christ, the powerful commander-in-chief of the kingdom of God. Stand ready, we talked about last week. Second thing that we want to talk about is stand against the evil one. 1 Peter 5, 8, and 9 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We already read Ephesians chapter 6, where it says to stand, to stand, to stand. And we're fighting against principalities and powers of the evil one. I think one of the reasons that we don't hear a lot about spiritual warfare and the knowledge and the truth of what is really going on is because we like to be life, believe that life is supposed to be tranquil, peaceful, and without conflict. And when the enemy comes roaring at us like a lion... And he comes after us and starts attacking at us and starts nipping at our heels. We ignore it. Just like that child who's sitting in the back seat humming a loud tune and you're just trying to ignore it hoping they go away. And that is, and so we ignore the enemy. It doesn't do any good to ignore it. But life is supposed to be comfortable. There's not supposed to be any problems in this world. We're supposed to all be at peace. Everything's supposed to be easy. And so we don't fight. We don't win. We don't overcome. Because we're too busy being tranquil and at peace. And we don't have the reality that we're getting eaten alive. Second thing that we do is we don't want to acknowledge warfare because we fear the enemy. When we start talking about principalities and powers and evil one, we get fearful. In fact, sometimes I think it would be easier if our enemy was flesh and blood. I can see them. I can deal with that. Let me take you out. You know, us guys, we just fight it out, right? Boom, over. Girls, you guys like pull hair, right? I don't know. <laughs> so we, but we get, but we're, we start talking about principalities and powers of the evil one, and we get scared. We go, oh no, I can't do that. We ignore it. We don't want to deal with that. But the reality is, If we are ready, if we know the word of God, we put on the armor of God, and we know his truth, then what do we have to fear? God says, stand. 
stand against the wiles of the devil. There comes a time that we have to take a stand. And I believe that time is now for the church. It is time for us to stop being bullied by the enemy. Let me say that again. It's time for us to stop being bullied by the enemy. For we stand not in our power, not in our strength, not in our knowledge. We stand in the power of the Holy Spirit without fear, without doubt, without hesitation, because we know in whom we stand. We do not stand against people or circumstances or jobs or spouses or our kids. They are not the enemy. We stand against Satan himself in the power of the living God. And it's time to fight. Satan, you're not going to bully us anymore. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And it starts with us fighting on our knees. It starts with us fighting in our worship. It starts with us fighting with our generosity. It starts with us fighting with the truth of God's word. It's time to fight and use the weapons and the tools that God has given us. We've been pushed around by Satan, by the media of this world, and allowed the truth of God's world word to be buried. We have accepted it and made it look like we agree with the ways of this world and the wickedness of the days we live in because nobody stands up and proclaims the truth of God's word. I'm not saying we have to literally fight people or that we have to be rude or hurt anyone because they are not the enemy. The people living in these lifestyles and this sin is not the enemy. The ones even perpetuating this sinful ways are not the enemy. The enemy is still Satan himself. We have got to take a stand and proclaim the truth of God's word. We have got to stand up and become proclaimers of the truth and stop being told it's not relevant. I don't know how many times I've heard in the last few years that God's word is old and irrelevant. And I'm telling you, it is alive and it is relevant today. What is not relevant is the wiles and the wickedness of Satan and his army. Because Jesus went to the cross and he came out of the grave and he is no longer relevant because Jesus defeated Satan. Satan is no longer relevant. He's defeated. It's time to stand up and be the warrior that God has called us to be. Because we stand firm in his power, in his spirit, in his might, in his truth, and in his victory. We have to love people with the truth of God's word. It's time to stop being silent. I don't know how that proclamation happens, but I know this. It starts with us not being silent. How many conversations have you had with people who have told you that the ways of the world and tell you about their sin and tell you about these things and tell you this is right and this is right and this is right and this agenda is right and you just sit there quietly and don't say anything. I don't want to ruffle their feathers. I don't want to have an argument with them. I'm not saying have an argument with them. I'm just saying speak the truth of the word of God. Think about it. Satan wanted to have an argument with Jesus. 
when he tempted him, for, took him out of the wilderness for 40 days. And what did he do? Jesus just quoted the word. He just spoke truth. He spoke truth. You and I need to speak truth. We have to love them enough to speak the truth. They don't know anything else. They only know what they've been indoctrinated with by this world. They don't know the truth of the freedom, what God can bring to them. We have to bring it. We have to start speaking it. We have to start proclaiming it and telling people, I can't sit silent. I can't let somebody tell me it's okay to do certain lifestyles, to do certain things, and not respond with biblical truth. We have got to stand up and proclaim. Stand against the wiles of the devil. Again, I'm not saying you have to be mean about it. But man, I love you enough to tell you this is what God's word says. Jesus loved you. And he created you the way you were born. God loves you. More than you can ever imagine that he died for you. Speak truth. Speak life into their lives. And let God do the rest because he will work through you. But love people enough to not pretend to agree with them and send them to hell. Because that's all we're doing if we don't proclaim the truth of God's word. If we don't start standing up and proclaiming and standing against the wiles of the devil, we are just endorsing their behavior and saying, we're okay with you going to hell. I'm not okay with anybody going to hell. I can't be if I'm a follower of his. I can't be. If I take this communion and experience his love and his forgiveness... How can I be okay with somebody else going to hell? I can't be. I can't be. Stand against the wiles of the devil. And stand firm. Ephesians 6.13, as we read, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. You may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. 1 Corinthians 15.58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Philippians 1.27, Only let your conduct be worthy of, of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Romans 14, 4. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. In Galatians 5.1, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty in which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. This is not the season to run. This is the season to stand. 
This is the season for the souls of men in our generation to have a revelation of the truth of God's love, of God's word, and of God's power. I am convinced that the only way this generation is going to understand Jesus Christ is through a revelation of his power, of miraculous things that begin to take place in this world. And we need them. We need them. And God is doing miracles. Can I share what you shared with me, Rita? Rita was diagnosed with some, I don't even know what all the names are, but muscles issues that she had that was deteriorating her muscles. And they went in and did, she's been doing some treatments and she's been doing some uh, exercise and, and physical therapy, but they went in this week and did some lab work. And the lab work came back with that the enzymes that were deteriorating are no longer there and her muscles are back to in the normal range. They said there was no cure. There was only, you know, you could just do these things that she's doing. There was no cure, but God. The power is, needs to be revealed. The power needs to be revealed. And we need to tell people, when you go to work tomorrow, you got to tell somebody that God did a miracle. It's a season for the souls of men to have a revelation of God's power. It's time to stand firm and not be shaken by the enemy. If you fear spiritual battle, then I encourage you to get on your knees before God and begin to see who he is. It's time to stand in our God. Did you hear what he said to us this morning? I will not leave you nor forsake you. We've all heard it a hundred times. But this morning when God spoke it, a light bulb went off. In my head anyway. God is not leaving us in this fight. He is there. He is there. He is there. I love Ephesians, or 1 Peter 5, 8. Because it says Satan goes around acting like a roaring lion. He's acting, and he's roaring. But he has no ability to destroy us if we're walking with Jesus Christ. He is not a lion. He's only acting like one. He is not all-powerful. He is not all-knowing. He is not ever-present. He can only roar and think he is a lion, and he can try to scare us and try to put us on edge as he tries to defeat us. But his weapons are minor compared to our God because our God is the Lion of Judah. We serve the lion, the king, the master, the all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God. Yeah. Roar all you want, Satan. You ain't nothing compared to my lion. You ain't nothing compared to the lion of Judah. He is the great I am. 
He is the one who speaks. And every knee is going to bow. At his name, every tongue will confess his lordship. Hear me, you want to see a real lion, look up into the eyes of our Redeemer. Stop cowering at the imitation of a lion and stand against that imitator and begin to see God and and see what God can do to devour the enemy, the fake lion, because the real lion is about to destroy all the works of the evil one. We have to stand firm in our God. He is able to do things in this generation that only God is going to be able to do. It's time to see him set the addict free. He is able to deliver us from temptation. He is able to do things that we didn't think were possible. He is able to take one who is confused in this world of lifestyle adjustments and begin to set them free and give them an identity back to whom he created them to be in this world. He is able to give us truth and wisdom to overcome our challenges. He is able to give us financial wisdom to use our finances to glorify his kingdom. He is able to do things that we can't even begin to imagine, like heal our marriages. Come on, we need a marriage revelation in this world today. Our marriages are on the rocks all around the country, and we need God to begin to heal our marriages and heal our homes once again. He needs to heal our children, deliver them from this sinful indoctrination. He's able to bring forgiveness where there's been hurt and devastation. He's able to help us fight off the attacks of the enemy. He is able to help us overcome depression, guilt, anxiety, and whatever the enemy wants to throw at you because we have God on our side. John 4, 4 says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Jesus is greater than Satan. Remember in math, you used to have that sign, greater than, less than? Jesus is greater than Satan. And no matter what equation you put it, no matter how you want to write it, it's Jesus is greater than Satan. You know why? Because of Calvary, because of an empty tomb. Satan is defeated. And it's time we begin to proclaim that truth. You don't have to do drugs. You don't have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to live in a sinful lifestyle. You don't have to be focused on finances. You don't have to be caught in this trap of the American dream. You can be set free and live free in the walk with Jesus Christ because he wants to set you free. Would you stand with me? I think I got a little excited. Because God has called us to stand. God has called us to stand. You say, but pastor, you don't know my situation. You don't know what he's been throwing at me. The darts and the things that Satan's been firing at me. Let me say this. I think we all have an understanding of what Satan is throwing at us in this day and age. 
And I know that some of us are going through some tough times. But greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. God is bigger than the darts that the enemy wants to throw at you. And I'll remind you of this. Don't fight in the flesh. Don't fight flesh. We get so caught up in that, that oh, my finances aren't good, or, my, or this isn't good, or my, this isn't happening, or my job is bad, or, or we start fighting those circumstances, and we get focused in on those circumstances. Don't let the circumstances control your life. Let Jesus control your life. Stay in tune with him. Take those circumstances and dump them in his lap. He said, give all your cares to me. I care for you. I'll worry about that. You dump it in your lap, and you stay focused on him. Let him take care of those things. Are you ready to stand? There's a, we're huge Adventures in Odyssey fans. Focus on the family children's theater. If you've never heard of it, you need to go watch, listen to it. There's an episode when America was founded and they, they had, uh, the, the author, um, Francis Scott Key of the National Anthem. The song talks about, you know, in the dawn's early morning, and there literally was a fight going on. And they were waiting for the clouds and the dust and, the, and all the smoke to clear in that early morning hours. And as they were watching that bay, there the sun began to come and the winds began to blow it out. And there stood maybe tattered, maybe worn, but there stood the flag of the American colonies. It still stood. We may get beat up. The Satan may throw us around a little bit, but when it comes to the end, we're going to be standing. We're going to be standing. Children of the living God, we're going to be standing. Well, maybe we won't even be standing. We'll be kneeling and it's falling before him in worship in heaven, but we're going to be there standing before him, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, because we're going to be victorious. Because he's promised us that. If we'll stand against the wiles of the enemy, stand firm. If you have a need this morning, I want to invite you to come. You have a need financially. You have a need with, with something going on in your life. You're dealing with a sin in your life. You're dealing with an addiction. You're dealing with maybe making decision, maybe making... God, just something out of your marriage. I don't know what's going on in your life. I want you to come. I want you to stand across the front, and we're going to pray this morning, and we're going to believe God for some victory this morning. We're going to stand. We're going to stand together because we're better together, united in his cause, praying and believing God together. When two or three ask, he hears us and he answers us. So if you have a need this morning, would you come? Would you come? pray with us. Would you come this morning? You have a need today. Don't stand. Don't wait. What's going on in your life? What's going on in your life today? If you have a need, come. 